0: The Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast, inspiration and innovation.
1: We're talking everything you want to know about this medium that we love so much.
0: And we're your hosts, John Middick and Barb Sotiropolis. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com and I am joined as usual by my co-host, Barb Sodiropoulos of barbsodiart.com. Barb, how are you today?
1: I'm great. How are you? It's uh it's a thousand degrees in Calgary today.
0: Thousand degrees. Yes, a thousand.
1: Oh Celsius and Fahrenheit. An whatever yeah. whatever works for you. Either way. It's a so funny thing.
0: Barb will talk about the weather over there and then uh I think that's hilarious. You know, and you'll say something about what the degrees is and and I forget, it's in Celsius and then then we have to we go have through to, this little conversion. Yeah, you're
1: like it's not that bad. I'm like it actually <laughs> like, is. It's actually, and let cold. me do the conversion <laughs> for you. <laughs> right. Canada is not a cold country anymore, everyone. <laughs>
0: yeah. It has been. That's the weird thing to me.
1: A hot Anywho. potato this whole summer. So, <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about today, though.
0: We are here to talk about though, uh, things that you need to stop telling yourself as an artist. So stop this negative talk if we're going to give you some uh, we're going to throw you a lifeline here we're going to give you some alternatives and talk about why some of these things that you may be talking to yourself about can be toxic just being an artist isn't just about honing your skills to create artwork but it's about having the right attitude your mindset or your beliefs about yourself could be that one thing that is actually holding you back in your progress
1: Definitely. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss common myths and beliefs artists have about themselves and their artwork, how this affects your art, and how to move past it.
0: There's actually some really common myths uh, surrounding this, right, Barb?
1: Yeah, definitely. So some examples of the common myths we're going to discuss today are, Mm. I'll never get this, or I should Mm. have started earlier in life, or Uh. I can't make money making art um my art will never be as good as fill in the blank whoever whatever artists you admire um each artist has a pre-built level or upper limit once you hit that you can't break past it and uh lastly if i switch mediums then that will make all the difference so we're going to go through each one of these and kind of address them and john and i are going to give our thoughts so john you want to talk about the first one here
0: Sure. Yeah. Why not? So I'll (laughs) never get this. This is something that I hear a lot of times. And it's this mindset of, okay, learning this, I should be able to just do this right out of the gate. And this is a, a quick little sprint, but no, learning art and progressing in your art is a marathon. It's a dedicated effort over time. You're getting better over time. And so for artists, who are attempting to achieve uh, a high realism, you know, you can fill in the blank, you want it to look like a picture, or you want it to be hyper realism, or whatever it is, it can take hundreds of hours, maybe 1000s of hours, they'll only create one to two pieces a year, some artists will, because they're creating these large pieces that take a long, long time to create. And that's how long, if you look back at where they started, uh, they didn't become a master overnight at that very thing. They're able to just keep pushing themselves forward. It's about having that second wind and, and being able to reach down really far and decide that I'm going to pull out more perseverance and more patience with myself. And it's a mind game is really what it is. And you can think about, you know, those that maybe had some kind of natural talent or proclivity towards something, maybe shape, uh, angle or whatever. Uh, And that may help. I mean, just like in sports, we've always known people who are just a little more prone to be athletic and those that struggle maybe with athleticism and they have coordination issues and things like that. That could be part of it. You know, Uh, you'll often hear people say, well, that's just a myth that uh, there is, um, you know, talent involved. And, you know, I've kind of stepped back from that just a little bit, Barb. I don't know about you, but I mean, I do believe that you can always improve. I do believe that because uh, I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in other students as well. But I do think some people arrive at the table with a different skill set sometimes than others. And I don't know how that was acquired, you know, and I think sometimes yeah. maybe some of that could be a little more innate.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, my, my comparison that I would use for something like that is, you know, I've never been good at math. I know that that's like a thing that's maybe common to a lot of artists, but it's not that I was not capable of understanding math, but mm. I had also, there's part of me that was telling myself I'm not good at math. And oh, yeah. so, you know, it's when you have that, when you have that, yeah, exactly. When you have that yeah. belief, um, in your head, it's going to be harder to get where you need to be with it. Right. Like right. Right. I, I, that said, I also am, am a believer in that, like some people are just going to be better at certain things. Like there are, p- I've known people where it's like math just is like, it's like speaking English to them. They just understand yeah. right. it. Like it just right. makes sense for them for someone like me. I understand math in a different way, so it's going to take mm-hmm. me a little bit longer to maybe get a similar concept. Now, am I ever going to be a mathematician? Probably not. And and not only because of my attitude towards it, but also because maybe maybe I'm just not good at doing, like, that. that's just not something that's going to work for me ever, you know what I, yeah, mean? I mean? Like, yeah. my, I'm just not able to maybe grasp some of those concepts. But I think it can be very similar with art as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't mean that you can't improve to what you were saying. It doesn't mean you can't find a way to improve and, and get better at that skill. You may never be a master artist, but that, I mean, that, you shouldn't let that but you stop might you, be. because of the, but you. But might you might be. Yeah, it may take you longer to get there, but the you thing may is, take like, if you're, te- yeah. if you're already telling yourself, like, just that statement, I'll never get this, you're already yeah. telling yourself what you should believe right, about right. what your skill level is. And that you're already saying, I'm Absolutely. never going to get this, as opposed yeah. to... I haven't got this yet. you know that's maybe, better, that's maybe a better That's maybe a better positioning statement.
0: Right, right yeah yeah.
1: So something that sort of goes hand in hand with that is I should have started earlier in life. That's another common myth. So while mm-hmm. starting earlier in life does help you get a bit of a head start, it's more about the time and practice that you put in. So a child that starts at seven and an adult that starts at 47 will progress at different rates based on their maturity, their experience, given the same amount of time, say five years of dedicated practice, there's no guarantee that one will be better than the other. I mean, you know, obviously you would think maybe the adult would progress at a different rate. But again, there's so many factors that go into why that would be the case. And, you know, I've been creating art since I was a kid. And by that, you know, metric, I should be, you know, the best artist no i mean maybe not the. well you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. I, I should i my even my own artwork should be at a higher level just based yeah. on that factor alone right like uh, it, if you're if you think that time is the only thing right, that matters right. it's not yeah. i mean it's all about time well spent right so yeah yeah if, exactly. if you are not like i would say one of the biggest things that improved my artwork was going to art school. So mm-hmm. up into you know, I went into art school and I was in my early 20s. Up into that point, the art that I created, you know, I thought I was pretty good at it, but I wasn't really progressing in a lot of ways. Like, it wasn't really, um, I wasn't where I wanted to be with my artwork. Certainly, I was good at drawing, but there were a lot of foundations and fundamentals that I was lacking. The internet also was not what it is today. Mm-hmm. So, there was no opportunity to just go on YouTube and learn things like that. Right. right. That wasn't a thing back then. So, which is making me feel really old right now, but anyway, (laughs) but, but, but the point of the the point in saying that is, is that, you know, I had to say to myself, uh, honestly, that I feel like I need extra education. I need something Mm. more. I need someone to help coach me into improving my skills, telling me what I'm doing wrong. and, I've talked about this before, but being in art school was the first time somebody had ever really said to me that I was drawing something maybe inaccurately or there was something I could improve on. When I was in this bubble of, you know, showing friends and family my artwork, I wasn't really ever getting honest critiques. And honestly, like, you don't necessarily need to go to art school to get that experience. You can find a mentor, you can join you know, an art group, uh, like with your right. peers, just to get that kind of insight. But right. what happens when, you know, if if I had never decided to go to art school, I don't know that my art artwork would even be where it is now. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, there is something to be said about, like, well used time in terms of yeah. time, right? Like, If you're if you're learning to improve your skills, if you're finding ways to improve your art in that time, then it's time well spent. So the person who is getting critiques and getting coaching and getting mentoring and taking courses is probably going to improve quicker than someone who isn't. Oh, yeah. Just because of that alone, you're you're getting that head start. You're getting that inside track that you need to to improve your artwork. So. You know, there are people that maybe will be able to figure some of that stuff out on their own, like taking the Internet completely out of the equation, because that obviously is a way to do it. If we're talking pre-Internet days, it would have taken you a lot longer to hone your skills to do that. And there are people that are the exception, but those people are are very rare compared to if you took just two average people, put them on the same path, gave one education and instruction and mentorship and one didn't give that to, I I could almost guarantee you would get very different results in the same amount absolutely. of time. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, another thing about that is years alone don't account uh, for uh, an improved ability because, and we know that we can apply that to art because we know that in other arenas, yeah. we know that when it comes to the ability to read at young primary years. Uh, but we also know that when it comes to the effectiveness of a speaker, motivational speakers fall flat if they're trying to give life coaching kind of stuff in their early 20s to people that are in their 40s. Okay. Yeah. People that try to give advice uh, to parents that don't have children, that kind of thing. It's the same kind of deal. I mean, it's like the more rich your life becomes and the more, you know, you experience life. Uh that affects also your artwork. You know, it just does. And yeah. so uh that's just, you know, something to, to keep in mind about that particular myth as well. Yeah. Don't let that hold you back and don't think I'm 70 and I'm just starting art. There's no way I can learn.
1: Yeah, there is a way. Yeah, totally. you can't
0: do it. You've had a, a full life. So think about it like that.
1: Well, and to throw in another sports analogy, because for some reason I keep doing that with sports. <laughs> <laughs> who would thought you could compare sports well, and they're art. Perfect, really, fighting, yeah. well, well, and I mean, it's the reason why people who go to train to go to the Olympics, why why yeah. they find different trainers and they're not sitting there doing it by themselves. Most no. of them are, right? Like no. investing in people who are experts and people who are, yeah. you know, can coach you to get you to that next level. There's a reason why people Absolutely. do that. And it's, it's proven in so many other areas. So. You know, in in some ways, like, I think people don't think that it's the same thing in art, but it is, it it is like, honestly, like in the four years I was in art school, my artwork improved dramatically Mm -hmm. and the skills that I learned just from, you know, the, the teachers that I had and the experience that I had, like, that was so uh, Mm -hmm. impactful for me. And I think, you know again you know you've you've made this point as well whether you're 70 or if you're 17 it's it's about the yeah. quality of what you're doing with your time um, spent right. not necessarily the actual amount of time
0: i can't make money with my art all right that that's one that i've heard a lot too no one wants to buy my art you know and that's that's really not true there is an art buyer out there for your art you can make Maybe $1, you know, or you could make $50,000, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It all comes down to finding the right buyer for your particular art. And so what does that mean? That means that you have to learn how to market yourself. You've got to go to that audience or clientele, and you've got to know how to connect with those people. If that is your thing, if this is the thing you want to do is sell your artwork then you become a student of that particular process of finding the art buyer, knowing how to speak their language and talking to them about uh, yourself for one, because people buy artwork from people. And then secondly, talking about the value add, the value proposition of your particular artwork and how it can be enjoyed for generations. I really balk at that one a lot because it's almost as though uh, someone's just throwing in the towel before they ever even attempt to make any effort towards this. Like, oh well, you can't make money uh, at uh, selling artwork. I just it just doesn't happen, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I've I really
0: pushed back on that.
1: I've seen terrible artwork. sell. so oh, yeah. I mean, right. it's. I, I mean, I'm not even talking this about not the, not like, the artwork. Yeah, it's. It it's, really isn't. Well, and I, and I think the thing to remember as well is. If you are an artist trying to sell your art now, unless you have an agent that does all of that for you or you have a team that's doing all that for you, it is part of what you have to learn to do. As Yeah, an that's
0: your job. That is your work is yeah, doing you, that marketing. It's that not that just,
1: yeah, it's not just the art. You have to learn how to sell yeah. your art, too, because just the virtue of you creating yeah. it isn't going to sell it. <laughs> like, yeah, and I I've mean, heard
0: people even say that, Barb, like, uh, well, you know, their their work just sells itself. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No artwork sells itself. People sell artwork. And so if you're wanting to sell your artwork, you've got to market your artwork. How do you think Van Gogh became like the most famous artist? Uh, and all those pieces just get, you know, travel? And there was there was two pieces right up here, 40 minutes away from me. I could have uh, gone up there, but I found out about it like last day. But
1: anyway, Van Gogh actually is an interesting example to bring up because he was actually incredibly well, he was incredibly poor his entire life. And I would actually argue that that he's a great example of someone who didn't know how to market himself.
0: Exactly. But his sister-in-law did.
1: Yes. uh, Well, post his death. So he for a quick little art history minute, unofficial uh, yeah. He wrote a lot of letters back and forth with his brother, and so hey, yeah. after his his brother passed away, and also once he was he had passed away as well, his yeah. his sister in law had found all of these and was she is actually largely instrumental in why Van Gogh is as popular and famous yeah. as he is now because, because she
0: marketed the artwork totally
1: and she know. pushed it and got it out there. But during yeah. the time of his life and when he was actually creating all of this artwork. He was he was like destitute so yeah I mean, and he was
0: busy creating work.
1: Yeah. Yep. And you know, it's just one of those things where you know this 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 whole starving artist myth I think sometimes comes from those examples like those yeah. situations where it's like right. oh well this artist was poor and then they died and then they got famous but there's never any context given as to no. why that was the case and right. it's you know this whole idea of marketing and that sort of thing, it's not that it's new, but I would say it's newer. And because of the way that we're able to connect with each other now and the internet and that sort of thing, it's opened doors to make yeah. uh, things a lot easier for artists to be able to do these things without the aid of a gallery or an agent right. or that sort of thing. But the, the the caveat to that is that you have to do a lot of that yourself unless you still hire one of those people to to advocate for you. So in
0: yeah, either way is fine but to your yeah. point Barb yeah it's not new but I'll tell you what is new that there's a science more of a structure behind it and there's language yeah. to help uh you know classify what this is this marketing and so I think that you know if if you want to um you know buy into the myth of, of the starving artist and you want to just uh you know talk about how that it's not possible then that'll happen I'm sure but if you decide to move forward uh, and, and decide this is possible, I'm going to yeah. do something about it, and you have agency over that,
1: then well, we uh, have,
0: you'll do something.
1: Totally. And we have a great interview coming out this season as well with author and creator Jeff Goins, who talks yep. a all- a lot about this whole idea of, you know, the starving artists, the myth and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And his book's called uh, Real Artists Don't Starve. So
0: yeah, stay so tuned
1: for that episode because he talks a lot about those things. And he's he's really interesting to listen to as well. So um we'll yeah. get we'll get more into that uh, in future episodes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for that one. Barb and I spoke with him a few months ago and uh, oh, my goodness just the value uh of yeah. uh, speaking to him the the value that he brings uh to the table uh is is immense so
1: yeah and he gives if you haven't read his book uh he gives a lot of really great uh historical examples it was exactly yes. what we just talked about too yep. so you know giving kind of this this case for for why you know, some people were. He, he talks a lot about Michelangelo in the book, also, which yeah. is really interesting. If you don't know a lot of history about that artist specifically, he was actually quite clever in what he did. So, yeah. again, just kind of teasing that episode when it comes out. Make sure, <laughs> make sure you listen to that. We haven't, we haven't released it yet, so I don't have a number to reference, but I'm sure right. it'll eventually be in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So moving on. Uh, my art will never be as good as. Fill in the blank. So comparing yourself to another artist is always a losing game. Uh, it's fine to take inspiration and admire someone for their ability and their work, but to expect to be their equal is unfair to you. Given that you're a different person with different skills, abilities, and experience, good in the case of art is also very subjective. Yeah, You can't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle, and it's basically comparing apples to oranges, right? So I think... Uh, you know, this is this is something I see all the time, um, whether it's comments on social media or that sort of thing, where someone, you know, you find somebody that you're just so passionate about, but it's not always gonna translate to what you're doing yourself. So yeah. uh, I right. I mean, you're you're coming at it with a completely I mean, if you just started picking up art yesterday right. and you admire somebody who's been doing this for decades, like yeah. You're not going to be in the same place necessarily, and yeah. and you know who knows what their experiences or what their education's been or you know, how many hours they're dedicating to their craft, like all of those things right. are so personal. And I, I think you're 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 setting yourself up for failure if you feel like that's your mindset. Like if you're thinking, "Oh, I'm never going to be as good as like say 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 you love Jesse Lane." We bring up Jesse yeah. a lot on the show this this season. <laughs> right, right, right. Hi Jesse, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, I'm assuming he's listening. Maybe he's not. He's probably like, "I'm not listening to the pie." I'm just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> no, he listens. Then, uh, no, but like, you know what I mean? Like, say, say to yeah. use someone who's who's contemporary in color pencil. He's he's an example yeah. of somebody who's doing quite well as a color pencil artist. So, yeah. you know, or say you're looking or somebody. Yeah, exactly. Well. So you're looking yeah. at one of the two of them. You know, they're yeah. they're kind of at the height of popularity when it comes right. to this medium. And you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, I'm, my work's never going to be as good as theirs." Well. I mean, that's, that's a, first of all, you're comparing yourself to someone who's doing different type of art, unless you want to become a carbon copy. Like what, what is your, what is the value of as good as, right? Like, do you want your, do you want to have the same level of success as them? Do you want to be creating art that you feel is comparable? Even that is kind of a slippery slope, right? So, you know, think, you have to really think about what that means when you say that, say that statement to yourself.
0: Well, and here's the other thing about it. Um, Maybe, you know, you don't think about it like this, but uh, I want to push you to do this. Where did they start? How did they start? They started the same way you did. And so you can't, you know, what, what Barb said is true. You never compare yourself. You should not compare yourself in the beginning to someone else's middle. You cannot. It's not a fair comparison because. They, but they started where you are starting, and so l- go back. If they have a website, a lot of artists do this. They'll show you some of their early pieces, and they're awful typically, you know, compared to where they are now. That kind of thing. Um, and some people, you know, curate that and they don't put those on there, which is fine. That's you believable. should I mean, be that's,
1: personally, but you <laughs> should be doing that. Yes. Yeah.
0: But here's the thing: if you email a lot of these artists. sometimes they'll show you some of their early work. Uh, I would, I'll show you some of my early work, um, but it, and it's, you know, and there's not a whole lot of difference between what I'm doing now, but I mean, I have improved a little bit, but the thing is uh, you look back at your own work and you'll see that improvement as well. So why is it not true for someone else that maybe you're holding in real high esteem? You know, if you find some of Heather Rooney's, early videos that she was doing out there on YouTube I see a, a big progression in her work even that she puts out today so i i just want to encourage you to go back and do that if you uh, have never done that
1: i think it's a good idea to keep some of your older artwork when you're starting Absolutely. out anyways because yeah. It can be really hard to see your progression over time. You mm-hmm. may think that you're progressing really slowly, but like even for myself, when I look at stuff I was doing in 2015, when I really started using color pencils seriously, like there's yeah. definitely, you know, from technique to how I'm using color, that sort of thing, there's definitely been an improvement there. Like overall, some things are the same, but you know, mm-hmm. it might be only in one area that you see the improvement, but it's there and it's it's important to yeah. kind of hold on to some of those pieces sometimes, even if you hate them. Just to remind yourself of how sure. far you've come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great to do. Yeah. And and to look back every once in a while, especially when you start having these negative thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: think? exactly.
0: Uh, all right. So this is a, a myth I love to talk about, which is each artist just has this pre-built level uh, that they're going to hit. And once you hit that, you cannot break Pass that kind of like a, a glass ceiling that we used to hear about in the corporate world, you know, that uh, especially for women, there was like this glass ceiling because it was there was these imposed limits by uh, yes, by it was, men it was
1: like yeah. it's still not a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying it <laughs> it, it it used to be even more so, though, that, yeah. you know, and it just was like they couldn't progress. They couldn't become uh, VP or president or CEO or whatever. Um, and so the same thing is true. With every single person, every artist has an upper limit. You don't think so? Think about this. If you're selling your work today for, I don't know, throw a number out there in your head, maybe 200, maybe 20,000. Okay. Then why can't you sell that for double what you're selling now? Okay. So you you may fill in the blank and talk about somebody and, and think in your mind, well, they're selling theirs for You know, uh, 80,000. Well, then why can't they sell it for 300,000? You know, Um, we may think that's astronomical, but that is an upper limit that they have. And it may may cause some problems in their mind when they think about that. So there is an upper limit challenge in everyone's mind. And if you think that, oh, I'm only going to get so good, I'm only going to be able to progress so far in your ability to create artwork. So that's another uh, limit that we have. And we've set that in our mind. There's nothing that says that you can't continue to keep learning throughout your entire lifetime and improving in your artwork. And so that's something that I want to encourage you to do. If you you think to yourself right now, I've kind of met my, my limit here. I really can't progress past what I've done. Then I want to challenge that thought And if it's not at the surface, if you've not really uh, brought that to consciousness, then think about that and wonder about that yourself if that may be something that's holding you back.
1: So another one that's uh, kind of, I guess, a favorite one of mine to talk about is if I switch mediums then that will make all the difference. So I feel like this happens a lot with colored pencil. Um, I feel like people yeah. start this medium, they get all jazzed about it in the beginning, and then it ends up being harder than they think it's going to be. So they decide they're going to just switch mediums. Now, yeah. I want to say there's, you know, as somebody who does use multiple mediums myself, I do enjoy flipping back and forth. It can be mm-hmm. really rewarding to just do a painting really quickly in an afternoon and feel like you accomplished something. Right, right. So, it, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about here, because you know, as an artist, you can you can want to create in a lot of different mediums. What what we're addressing here is the person that just says, "I'm not good at this, so I'm going to go do this instead because it seems like it'll be easier." And you're looking for kind of like, and I'll
0: master that, yeah, yeah. You're
1: kind of looking for the the low hanging fruit of, of a <laughs> yeah. medium yeah. so that you can just feel this immediate sense of, "Well, I'm good at this now," and and you yeah. know. I will say, and I don't think that this gets said enough, and perhaps this is a maybe a, an unpopular opinion, but I actually don't think that colored pencil is typically a beginner medium. Like if you're new to art in general, I think it can be it's not that it's impossible. I think it's possible to learn colored pencil art coming out of the mm. gate, never really having done anything, but it's going to probably be harder. Than if you start with acrylic paint or something there's a reason why they do that in school for children like not only is it you know yeah. for, because it's quicker and all this and it dries fast and all that stuff but there there's there's a reason they're not necessarily teaching colored pencil art in art class oh, and, I agree. in Yes. Yeah. you know what i mean like it, and it's not i don't really personally think it has anything to do with the popularity of the medium i just think that there are some mediums that it is it is Going to be easier huh, mm-hmm. off the bat than yep. some other ones. Like colored pencil art, I think relies a lot on, uh, you know, drawing skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, patience is a huge mm-hmm. thing. If you don't have right. patience, this medium will eat you alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will. Which maybe sounds a little bit dramatic, but I think no, for okay. a lot of people, it it really. If you are not really zoned in to, to learning how to master this medium, it can be for some people very, very difficult and yeah. it can be disappointing. And you find that you get, you know, it's part of why I like to work with mixed media and my pieces is because, you know, we we talked about this before about not having John and I have both mentioned how we don't have the patience for like super, super, super detailed, really, really crazy, detailed colored pencil artwork. Right. And, and, and honestly, part of me, part of it for me is, is a time thing. Like my attention span for, for creating artwork is only so long. Yeah, and if yeah. I, I feel like I get in like uh like a, a momentum when I'm creating a piece mm-hmm. and if I don't finish it within a certain amount of time, I feel like I lose that momentum. And then the, uh, the yeah. feeling and the passion that I had going into that piece kind of like starts to dwindle and then I don't really, yeah. you know, I am not as excited about finishing it or whatever. And. And so for me, what I've discovered works is I need to work with mixed media so I can get kind of, you know, a big chunk of that done right away. And then I can work on putting in the details with colored pencil. But, you know, if you're working exclusively in colored pencil, there are some exceptions. So, like, the sanded paper definitely, I mean, now that I've actually tried it, it (laughs) definitely speeds up the process. So there are ways to do that without having to, like, learn how to use other mediums with colored pencil. But that's part of the point, right? Is is taking the time to learn those things and and understand the medium and understand the materials and what makes it go quicker? What, what techniques can you learn that, you know, makes the process for you more enjoyable? Because if you're just sort of looking for that quick, immediate gratification, just coming right in new, you're not going to get it. Like it's taken me even years up into this point to find a, uh, I guess a combination of mediums that I can use together that works for me and is my process now. But mm-hmm. I started just like everybody else, exclusively using colored pencil in the beginning, mm-hmm. and you know it was fine. But I, I I found I recognized about myself that my patience level and my attention span for it was only so long. But I didn't give up the medium because of that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, how wh- how do I find a workaround for myself so that mm-hmm. I can continue to stay engaged in this because. Mm-hmm that that is i think what happens for a lot of people is is it's either an attention span thing or they're not getting the results that they want right away yeah. and so they're just like ah i'll just go do something else or i'm going to go do this now and and there's nothing wrong with wanting to explore other mediums and i think that's great but if you're doing it because you're just looking for that i need to be good at this right away and you're not actually willing to put in the time to actually explore and get better at the medium yeah. you're trying yeah. to get better at you're right. just going to be hopping mediums every yeah. couple months, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've known people that do that. Uh, They'll hop mediums like every six months or so. And uh, there's a reason that there is an adage that says jack of all trades, master of none, because yeah. it's true. And if you like Barb, I like that that point that you made. You didn't just say, oh, I'm throwing in the towel and I'm moving on to a different medium. You figured out how to master the medium by adding something to it. Sometimes, you know, guys, it may be a particular paper, a surface that you're working with, or a particular pencil type that you're working with, and you may need to switch that up. Um, But yeah, jumping mediums does not help you master a medium. And actually what happens is you're... Constantly in a beginner state, pick a medium. I don't care if it's color pencil, if it can be whatever, but pick a medium and then master that medium so that you can express your voice and the artwork that you want to express. That's really what I'm kind of advocating for because that's how you're going to be able to do it. You're going to reach down deeper and find uh, whatever resources you need inside yourself. To be able to put out the work you want to put out. And then you're not going to be in this constant state of, well, how do I use this material? Or what do I do with this? And, hey, you know, now what sharpener do I need now? what do You know, <laughs> you get past all of that when you master the techniques of whatever medium it is you're working in. And then you can go on yeah. to create your voice in your work.
1: Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with experimenting because sometimes that is no, how you... How you end up finding the medium that really speaks to you and really resonates with you. Right. But I think what we're specifically talking about here is, is, you know, people who are kind of just giving up right away and not really giving something a chance and not understanding that to be proficient at some, some mediums, it does take a little bit longer than others. Right. Like it's not, it's not just going to be an overnight process. And, and I would say as far as mediums go, I, I, you know, I've, I've tried almost every medium out there yeah. in, in my time. And I would say that colored pencil to really, to do it at the level of like hyper realism has definitely mm. been one of the hardest
0: because
1: mm-hmm. of just how the medium is applied and some of the yeah. techniques you have to use, like even oil painting for that matter. Uh, you know, assuming you have kind of some other skills in place, it, you could get to that level of realism quicker almost. Right. Um, with painting, than you almost can with colored pencil because there's there's different limitations. And with painting, oh, yeah, especially if you make a mistake, you can paint over it. Right. That's right. that's one of the Wipe biggest things that yeah, that's one of the biggest <laughs> things painting has going for it is yeah. that or in you, pastel, if you you, blow you it off. mess something up, you just go right over top of it, right? Right. You can't do that with colored pencil. You really can't. Like no. maybe in some instances you can, but generally speaking, if you mess up, you got to like bad. If you mess up bad, you got to start over. Yeah that, yeah, that is not the case for a painting. Like it's, no, that no. medium is just so much more forgiving. And so, you know, right. even understanding those things, understanding best practices when you go into a medium and, and again, you know, what we talked about earlier, doing classes, finding someone to mentor you, someone giving, you know, somebody giving you some guidance and direction will guarantee you have a little bit more success with a medium than if you go it alone and you just get frustrated and. Say, well, I can't make the artwork I want to make with this, so forget mm-hmm. it. I'm just gonna, you know, mm-hmm. like you got you got to be willing to put it in the time. Otherwise, yep. it, you're just gonna end up finding that disappointment over and over again.
0: Over and over again, yeah, that's right. And it, you know, and that, that's the reason why I really feel like that art uh, helps you discover yourself. It 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 really pushes you to know who you are, and totally. you you come in contact with. Um, yourself, I don't know how else to put that. and it it really makes you encounter what it is that makes you tick and what's holding you back. And sometimes it's not a pretty sight, you know, whenever I see that in an, in the mirror, it's like looking in a mirror. and it's like, oh, I, I don't have the ability to do this because I've not exercised that muscle in, in my in my arsenal of, of uh, strengths. With my character, yeah. I, I I've got to reach down then and just pull pull that out and and move forward and exercise that particular thing. Uh, and a lot of times, um, like Barb said, it's it's the uh, the patience with yourself and definitely. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about um, how this this bad attitude. <laughs> you know, we're using this in a kind of a negative way, but we've all been there. Okay, Barb and I've been there as well. Okay. So I don't want anyone to think that we haven't. We, we have and sometimes still do have this problem. So how does this attitude, though, affect your art? Well, having low confidence in your ability just leads to less motivation to practice. That affects your ability then to create. It means that you're going to have less progression in your work. If it takes me a year because I have to find the muse or whatever, or I have to figure out if i'm motivated to do this piece and uh you know it takes me a year to do it what happens then to the person that finished five pieces that year where i finished one they learned a whole lot more she was able to learn a whole lot of other things while i was sitting there doodling around with one right also your thoughts become uh, they can become your actions now, I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds like hoodoo and whatever that you and you may have heard that before but i'm telling you if you think something about yourself, that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it might not even be something that's conscious. But if you're constantly telling yourself and putting yourself down, that's going to affect your work. It just, it just does. Another thing is if you're constantly worrying about whether or not your art is good enough. Um, and, you know, that just leads you to this, this place of insecurity. And when you're making artwork, when you're insecure – uh, the, and, and you're trying to think about whether this is going to please somebody or something like that, or whether it's, uh, good for this market or something, then you're really not into that artwork. That's not you. That's not something you're wanting to really do. You're, you're being insecure and you're, you're timid. And, you know, the, I, I liken this to, um, maybe somebody who, um, You know, they just started out in the medium and they're posting over on every colored pencil Facebook group there is and saying, please critique this. Tell me everything that's wrong with it. You know, and then and then you get 100 suggestions and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to go fix all of those. And they're conflicting advice. You know, that's not a good way to go. And that's creating artwork from a spot of insecurity. And when we start out, we're insecure. I understand that. But we have to move past that as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I think too. You don't want to always just me making art to what you think is going to please someone else. So, for example, I couldn't do that. Really, I' well, sorry.
0: I just really couldn't. But I, I, I to, understand the, that temptation.
1: Yeah, it becomes very inauthentic very quickly. Yeah. So, you know you'll you'll see sometimes people with the art competitions. You know specifically the CPSA convention. <laughs> And you know the, all of those competitions is you'll have people kind of uh, go as far as making spreadsheets to to be like okay this is what won this is what placed this is the I have of heard of someone doing, doing that you know, I actually
0: have heard of someone doing that
1: <laughs> yeah doing doing some like deep dive analysis yeah. on what was chosen and yeah. what what's unhelpful about doing that is that. You're, you're trying to strategize and create art based on what you think is going to please someone and, and what's a moving target
0: anyway, it, it, it won't for work
1: for sure. For, for multiple reasons it is, yeah. it reasons it is. If you haven't listened to our episode about dealing with art competition rejection, please go do that. Um, I also have a blog or, post about it Yeah, on I was going to say your
0: Barb's blog post is excellent on that.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, b- because i think you know aside from the the subjectivity that goes into choosing winners for those sort of yeah. things it's i i like to compare it to um you know think of a song that means a lot to you you know objectively you can say that part of what goes into writing a song is great melody and a hook so to compare that to art, it's you know great technique great color whatever but if the lyrics didn't come from a place uh that was some, you know, somewhere deep inside the singer, mm-hmm. if there wasn't some sort of connection with what those words were when the, you know, someone is singing that song, you, you would always feel like there was it was missing something. So part of what mm-hmm. makes, you know, I, I think we can probably all agree when you hear a song that really means something to you, or some people who are considered some of the best singers of all time, you know, regardless of the genre of music you like, yeah. There's something about the way that they are connecting and delivering those lyrics yeah. that that feel not only, uh, true for them, but true for you. And right. so word isn't actually that different when it comes to that sort of thing. No. If you're creating artwork that you just think, okay, well, this is, you know, the type of art that wins, there's going to be something that, that feels off about it. Like when you're creating artwork with passion, with intention and with authenticity, you're, it comes across in your work. Like if you're just in there putting in the strokes and and you don't There isn't something about that piece that really resonates with you. At some point, I would argue for some people, that's where you start getting bad technique. That's where you start, uh, you know, they start rushing it because it's just about getting it done. It's not about making sure that you're really representing that subject matter in a way that feels like it makes sense. And so, you know, maybe some of those concepts seem a little bit, you know, harder to grasp, especially if you're a beginner. But if you think about, you know, really great pieces of art and it isn't dissimilar to, you know, really great music as well. I mean, if you look right. at some of, you know, abstract art, even even though it's not subject based, sometimes even just the the uh, the way that a, a paint stroke is is applied. Mm-hmm. You can see the, you know, that, you know, someone must have been really swinging their arm to get it to look like that. You know what I mean? Like those kind of like there's there's passion and there's emotion in that. And so those are the kind of things you want to think about. You don't want to just be creating art that you think is going to please people because you're going to you're, you're going to lose your passion for it really quickly. And it's going to show in your work.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. We already talked about it, but believing that you will. Be a starving artist and that your work will never sell. You'll never sell artwork. If we've got that mindset at the very beginning, then probably we're not going to do the work that we need to do to seek out advice that we need to seek out. To uh, We're going to find instead all the evidences are pointing in the direction that our mind has already gone, and that is that we're not going to sell art. <laughs> I guess Barb and I are really yeah. just advocating for switching that, that mindset, switching it around.
1: Yeah, definitely. So some of the ways that you can change your mindset are, you know, we've already discussed this a few times and through the course of this episode, is seeking out a mentor to help guide you in the areas of your artistic skill that you need more help with. So whether that's your concept, whether that is something specific about your technique, finding someone who you connect with, who you think can help you through that journey is great. You know, whether that's myself, whether it's John, whether it's totally somebody else. You have to make that decision, but if you feel like you're really struggling with that part of your process or that part of your journey, I really, really advocate for that. Like I said, I was very fortunate that my experience largely came from art school. It was very expensive. I know that's not an option for everyone, but there's so many um, options out there now. And again, because of the way we're able to connect with each other across the globe now, there's Mm -hmm. no excuse for, you know, Mm -hmm. if your favorite artist has a mentorship Offering or program or that sort of thing, look into it. Right. See what it'll cost. Like right. If it's something that's important to you, you'll find a way to make it happen.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And so
1: in saying that, you also need to figure out what your goals are for your art. So again, is it to create better concepts in your art? Is it to improve your technique? Figure out those things before you sit down with a mentor because they're likely going to ask you anyways, but do some self-analysis and figure that out and figure out okay, well what do I objectively want to get better at here? Like, what mm. what are the things that I feel like I need to improve on right now? And if you're not sure, that's again where somebody who's a mentor can look at your work and say, hey, I think, you know, I, I think that this is where I can see you improving or this is what you're already doing well. Like those, somebody who's mentoring you will give you a very balanced um, assessment of your work and give you sort of the positives and the negatives. So, right, you know, right. it's very easy to, stay within the negative thoughts. You really need to give yourself a break from that. So whether it's even taking a break from social media, that's one thing that I think, again, you know, artists are really combating that all the time now. If you're an artist on social media, all you have to do is go on your feed and you're scrolling past, like, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. I'll scroll past somebody's artwork and I'll just be like, oh man, that's so good. Like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, you yeah. and, and that
0: and that's exactly what it does. It leads to that <laughs> because it's a pretend thing. I mean, it's yeah. it's fake because it's the highlight reel, you know. And so we have to remind ourselves of that. It's not it's not like uh you know this this artist has the Midas touch and they never create anything that is awful. They do. They just don't yeah. put that on their Instagram. Exactly. Anymore. It's
1: probably just not in the feed. You know, like they yeah, just exactly. didn't post that one yeah. that day. Right. So, right. yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it means taking a break. Like sometimes it yeah. means removing yourself from that constant stimulus right. of seeing what other people are creating and feeling like, well, yes. they're, they're putting out all this artwork all the time and I'm not doing anything or, or <laughs> my work doesn't look like that or whatever. Like that can be very detrimental to your progress. Yes. So sometimes it means even just taking a step back from that to, to sort of give yourself, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. a baseline to start with again. Right. Um, and sometimes in that, process. You might need to look at what level of art are you trying to create right now? Like, are you trying to create a level of art that's higher than maybe where your skill set is at the moment? Like, sometimes it means, again, going back and doing a course or spending some time kind of practicing your rendering skills a little bit more before you can really achieve the level of art that you want to be able to do. And studies. So, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I, I am such an advocate for working in a sketchbook and working smaller mm-hmm. because I just think, there's so much that can be learned in those smaller pieces yep. and where you you can make mistakes and you, you learn so much from your failures. Yep. Um, yep. A lot of people don't ever want to make a mistake, but that's where you learn things. That's where you're like, oh, OK, those two things don't work well together. Or those two things do work well together. Or maybe I should try this. Like I did so much small sketchbook colored pencil mixed media work before I ever started applying it to my larger pieces and I feel like that was so instrumental in me having the confidence then to take it to a larger piece. So, yeah. Yep. yeah. So, and then also just because you're an adult doesn't mean you should pick it up easily and quickly. I don't know why people think that art shit like just because you did finger painting mm-hmm. in grade school doesn't mean you should be able to do the Mona Lisa as an adult. That's not how it right. works. Like just because you're older and whatever, like those skills don't transfer. For whatever reason, there is this, misconception out there yeah. that, you know, yeah. art should be easier or something. And I just, yeah. I, I, like, I also wrote a blog post on this, that are like art, like a myth that art comes easy to artists. And, and it's, oh, and it's, think like, it's. We'll link
0: that up in the show notes. I mean, that that's excellent because I've, I've had students, they're like uh, president of a company or CEO and they're, they're thinking, you know, she's thinking, oh, I'm just going to be able to master this because I'm a smart person. You know, it's like, this is a different skill entirely different skill than what you've been it's, doing
1: it's literally like saying to somebody i'm gonna go like i'm gonna go play professional level soccer and yeah, you like can't or, even right. run like you right, fucking right. mean like like art for whatever reason gets this reputation of being like <laughs> i like it should just be easy or i yeah. can do that or or you see somebody on social media who makes it look easy and you just think oh yeah, yeah i can i mean listen bob ross is great but he he makes he made it look easy. Okay. Yeah. He, he really, really did. really did. You know, yeah. like his fancy little trees. And, like, I got to tell you, there were times where, like, when I used to paint a lot more, I definitely tried to. And there were things that I picked up, but some of it I was like, oh, that's, yeah. he made that look way easier. Than it is. Yeah. You yeah know? And that
0: was his point. It was to make it fun to watch, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you would sit there for half an hour and watch him it was do it. You're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Just felt like you spent some time with a good magic. friend, but. But anyways, but like (laughs) we're digressing here, but (laughs) basically what I'm saying is that, you know, it's, it don't give yourself a break because you need to, you need to be patient with yourself. You need to understand that art is not something that, that is just going to come easily or that because you're an adult, you should, or you used to, you know, it, it, it's different for everyone. So just give yourself a break. And then lastly, don't put other artists down. So instead try to learn from them. That's what has their one. journey been? What, you know, did they start at the level that you're at and, and, you know, what has been their experience? So again, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier as well, but. You know, especially if you're in that mindset of. I'm never going to be as good as so-and-so. Well, what, what has their journey been? You know, again, I'm going right. to bring up Jesse Lane again here, cause he's an example of somebody who talked about how he did really poorly in art, the yeah, art class in school and how, yeah. you know, he. He had a lot of really low confidence in in his abilities and then yeah. eventually built that up over time but I mean you know everybody kind of starts somewhere so yeah. you know don't don't feel that uh I don't know like don't don't feel like it's going to be the same for everybody cuz the the no. process and the journey is different for everyone
0: And putting other artists down just to make yourself feel better I mean that yeah. That never, it never, it always backfires. It never works because you're not going to feel better uh, once you've done that. And if you think more of it's a collaboration with all of us and we're all learning together, um, there's more of this cooperation then. And you can reach new heights uh, by learning from others. And every artist I know wants to help another artist. I also try not to put artists down who you may feel like are just starting out or are struggling with just basic drawing concepts uh, because they're they're starting their journey. You never know where they're going to be later on either. If this is a new concept that, oh, maybe I am self-sabotaging, then listen with an open mind, especially to the things Barb said right here at the end about how to change your mindset. I think that's great.
1: Yeah. And and I would say too, it's not an overnight process. You're not going to just all of a sudden be like, okay, I believe in myself now. Like you need to practice that. Like it's a skill every day. You need to practice changing your mindset. And, you know, I I said this earlier, it's like, I'm not good at this, but just say I'm not good at this yet. I was listening to a a book by uh, someone that I admire. And and that was one of the biggest, um, biggest things that she says. It's a very small but subtle mind shift change. Uh That allows you to say, okay, I'm acknowledging I'm not where I want to be, but I can still get there. So try to keep that in mind. And I, I think just even just those little subtle changes will really help
0: you improve. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. We really appreciate it. We accept five stars over there on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. It means a lot. And I read every single one of those. We had one recently by DJ K. Coran, and she writes, easy to listen to. John Middick and his guests always provide informative content relevant to anyone who loves the medium of colored pencils or wants to learn more about this ever-changing method of creating art. So much new to explore and this podcast makes it fun and exciting. Well, thank you so much. We've got one more I want to uh, read here. Anxious for an episode, and she says, "Yes, literally, I get anxious waiting for a new episode to come out. I learn so much with this podcast. Every single one gives me an advice, and when it is an interview, I learn so many tips, techniques, ideas, uh, and a way of working that I can only have in a master class. Thank you for the sharpened artist team, and a special thanks to the people." That accept to be interviewed and share their knowledge. Well, that was oh. really awesome. I no love that. No one's ever
1: thanked the guests before. I think that's. I know great. that was
0: really nice. That was. Yeah. And, and, and it is a big uh, sacrifice of their time to come on here and share like they do, but they do such a good job. Yeah. So, thanks, guys. Uh, reach out to the show at any time. Podcast at sharpened dot is the email address and. We will talk to you again
1: next time. Until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye.